Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends and Clipper credentialed media folks who bring you locked on Clippers. When, though? Five days a week, Monday through Friday. Come hang out, seven in the morning, every morning. It's a good way to kill some windshield time. Make us the first listen, and let's figure out what we can do to maybe beat these Timberwolves. Heck yeah, please do. Kicking things off, we are going to be talking about the Clippers taking on the Timberwolves. We'll talk about what we need to do well to win that game, as well as what to look out for, what could go wrong. Give you a couple of key matchups to take a look at. And then in segment two, it's what you say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday, we put a poll out on Twitter that's at Locked On Clips. We want to know what you think. This one is all about who should get moved up into the Clippers starting lineup. Look, things have not been super smooth through the first several <laughs> games. Uh, there's a lot of people in the fan base kind of clamoring for maybe a, a shakeup or a change to be made in the starting lineup. I don't know if we'll see that as early as the Timberwolves game, but hey, we'll talk about it as well as what all of y'all had to say about that subject. And then in shavings, Reggie, noted book reader, we're going to talk his literary interest, which came <laughs> up course. in the post game. Uh, and <laughs> we're also going to talk about the new ball and sort of its uh, possible impact on the Clippers shooting woe. So all mm -hmm. that and more. Coming up right about now, but first, I got to let you know, this episode of Locked on Clips is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Sure. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked on Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Clips versus Timberwolves preview. Just some injury stuff out of the way right off top. Probably not sure if we'll see Mook in this one. D'Angelo Russell had a sprained ankle that took him out of their game on Monday. So not really current his availability for this game. And then Pat Bev was also out with a calf strain, but he did practice the day we're recording this. So he might get a spot start. I don't know. We got to assume the Clippers are going with the same starting lineup. Will, what do we need to do well to beat the Timberwolves? Oh, man. So this, to me, might be the new thing that we talk about in every single game preview, but we got to figure out a way to lighten PG's load. Sure. Uh, it, it's I'm like I'm legitimately worried about his high minutes and high usage. Uh, you know, it's no secret that we need people to step up in scoring, you know, hitting hitting open shots would be great. But there's other things that the guys can be doing on the floor to help him out, namely, you know, initiating some of the offense and and helping to defend. Bledsoe, you know, can't be turning the ball over. Um, and, and you know, we expect we expect Paul George to score. Like, that's not what I'm worried about. I mean, yeah. you know, he's he's good for like 30 a night. Mm -hmm. um, he just needs a break from having to do every other thing. Uh, <laughs> right, on the basketball court, sure. <laughs> yeah, in that win against the Timberwolves, he also led the team in assists with seven. The next closest facilitator was Eric Bledsoe with three. Uh, he was also the second leading rebounder with nine. Look, in that game in OKC, he thankfully got some help from Batum and Terrence and Hartenstein, but he can't just be expected to do everything at this level. I would even be less worried about it if it was just the scoring. You know what I mean? Like, sure. Oh, 100% agree. If his usage rate was this high in the offense and like that was the majority of what he was being asked to do, I even think that that is like more sustainable. But look, man, I, I mean, he's good for 30 offensively. Like that's, you know, that's no problem. It's, it's you know, no secret. But if another person on the team isn't even sniffing 20, like mm -hmm. we're going to need four to five guys in double digits. Like we, you know, we, we got to get him some help 
there. And there, you know, like I said, there's other ways that guys can do it on the floor if the shots aren't falling. One thing that could play in the Paul George's favor, hopefully, in this matchup against the Timberwolves is the Timberwolves do have the third highest opponent free throw attempt percentage. Oh, uh, some actual Paul George free throws. Yes. So they are sending their opponents to the line on nearly 26% of their attempts. So maybe he can get a little bit of a break there, get a little bit of time to rest, huck up a couple of easy shots. Um, (laughs) But, you know, this could also play in well for, you know, driving, driving kick guys like Bled. Um, Certainly Reggie could get to the line, you know, maybe, you know, maybe make uh, 100% of free throws this time. Who knows? Uh, What else do we need to do well to uh, to win this one? So I went ahead and copy and pasted this from every game thread other than the first one, and that is hit some shots. Um, The last few minutes of the fourth versus OKC were pretty encouraging. Like the second half, the Clippers shot 57% on threes. So like the process has been good too. The threes are open. They literally just need to go in. Um, Ty Lue said in the postgame presser that the Clippers are just going to keep doing the same thing. So if you haven't liked what the Clippers offense looks like so far, sorry, because we're going to keep seeing more of it. Paul George and Luke Kennard are hitting 68% of their wide open threes. The rest of the Clippers, 26%. So, yikes. That's that's so bad. Um, so, we just need to get some shots to fall. Definitely, definitely. Another thing to do well would be to take advantage of turnovers. This Clippers team has struggled in transition on both ends. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I'm, still <laughs> being, I, I'm still kind of being—I'm still kind of being haunted by that fast break versus Oklahoma City, where Kennard missed the layup and Terrence's putback <laughs> didn't go put either. Uh, man, but the Timberwolves are turning the ball over on uh, just under 16 and a half percent of total possessions, which is just outside the bottom five in the NBA. Mm-hmm. One thing the Clippers uh, on the uh, on the other side can hang their hat on is they currently have the best turnover percentage in the league. Yes. So uh, a tip of the cap to y'all. <laughs> uh, so I, when I was looking at this, I like wanted to attribute some of this to sort of like the general lack of ball movement that I've perceived on the floor and and PG sort of initiating the lion's share of the offense. But mm-hmm. that's actually not entirely true. Even with the abysmal shooting numbers, the Clippers are still averaging around 23 assists a game, which is right wow. in the middle of the pack. I think they're like set. They're, they're like 17th uh, mm-hmm. in the league in, in assists per game, and the Timber, Timberwolves are averaging right around that number. They're actually 16th in the league. They average about 0.2 assists a game more. So the Timberwolves are moving the ball more. They're not having a whole lot of success. They're turning over the ball at a higher rate. So hopefully the Clippers can take care of the ball and maximize opportunities on those turnovers which we haven't really seen them able to punish a team with yet. But hey, fingers crossed, this could be the one. (laughs) Let's hope so. We're on the road too, so I think it's really important to not give the home team any extra stuff um, to try and get best. We're getting into what could go wrong now. Looking at the Timberwolves, there's a chance. So Minnesota takes the most three-pointers per game at just under 44, but they're only hitting them in a 31% clip, which is 24th in the league. Clippers are taking the third most and hitting them at a 32% clip, which is 21st in the league. So this is going to be kind of like who breaks out of their slump first. You know, Definitely. like the I like the Clippers personnel a little more with shooting, obviously, overall. But this feels like one of those games where we play the team that fires up the most three-point attempts per game. And then they happen to make, you know, 36% of them or something like that. So I'm hoping the defense kind of just looks the same. The guys have been flying around on that side of the court. Um, and been really good with deflections and stuff like that. So we got to keep that up for sure. 
Definitely. And if the threes aren't falling, another thing that could go wrong is that we struggle against their size. Big team. Yeah. They have two six four guards. Uh, if D'Angelo starts, uh, they have two six nine forwards and a seven foot, I don't know, generational talent at the five. Sure. Uh, so what could go wrong for the Clippers <laughs> from a size perspective? They're currently, the Timberwolves are like an average rebounding team. Clippers are fourth worst in the league <laughs> yeah, <we> currently. <laughs> uh, and, and, and this is like sort of, this is total rebounds. The battle of the glass is definitely going to be important, especially going against bigger guys. One thing that will kind of help us, though, on this rebounding front, Timberwolves have the worst defensive rebounding percentage mm-hmm. in the league. They're pulling down just 66.3%. So hopefully we can also see this team kind of take advantage of some second chance opportunities, which has also been like a big glaring issue in this offense is, is you know generating points when the initial action doesn't, doesn't end up successful. I'm just um, hoping we can win rebounds. I can't believe we lost rebounds to the Thunder. They're not even that big of a team, and we still couldn't beat them in rebounds. Like, I, if we win rebounds in this game, I think we win the game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And another thing that's going to be interesting to look at is their second unit defensively could try to make some things difficult on our bench okay. to score. Um, you know, they have they have some solid guys. Uh, they have Josh Okoge. Uh, Torin Prince, who's a vet, Pat Bev, if he ends up playing, but he might also be with the starters, so we'll see how that goes. Mm-hmm. Luckily, though, this sort of the, the poor defense of our second unit won't really be exploited, most yeah. likely. <laughs> um, Josh Okoge is like a black hole offensively. Um, you know, the, this bench has their leading scorers are, you know, Pat Beverly and Malik Beasley. They get some occasional contributions from Nas Reed, but Torian Prince is not really doing much uh, mm-hmm. and neither is a Kogi. So hopefully, you know, if those guys can get their shots to fall, um, they're not going to be hit too hard uh, when they have to defend this Timberwolves bench. So what are some key matchups we should be taking a look at in this one? So we both have a couple in here that start with who deal and it's who deals with Carl Anthony Towns. Zoo is kind of a shell of himself right now. I don't know if it's an in-shape thing. We don't know if it's an effort, a hurt, a thing coming off the injury, whatever. This could be the a long thumb start. now, maybe too. I- yeah, like this could be a long start to the game for Zoo if Cat is feeling it. Um, we don't really know what Hartenstein's defense would look like versus Cat. We can't well, per put- thirty-six. Uh, <laughs> sure, yeah, nine fouls. <laughs> we can't put Cat on the line because he can actually hit free throws. So, I mean. I think no matter what happens, Carl Anthony Towns is probably going to put up 20 and 10. Um, it's just kind of a matter of what we do with the other pieces. Like you, put, I think he put up like 23, 16, and 6, and they still lost to the Magic in that. Yeah, uh, they got blown the out game. by the Magic. The Wolves are a very weird team right now, which I think goes into it too. But who else do we might we might have an issue dealing with? So I don't know what we do with Anthony Edwards. Uh, Man, he's so cool. I wish he, he wasn't so cool. <laughs> he is looking like, I mean, a future superstar. He's averaging um, just under like 25 a game. He's athletic. He's been letting it fly from three. He's taking like over <laughs> not, a hair over nine a game. It's like 9.2 a game. Look, the efficiency isn't really there. He's, you know, in, a, in the low 30s currently. Yeah. But this isn't an assignment I want to see Paul George having to carry all night. Like I, yeah, I the it, whole it's just time. it's yeah. just not tenable. Um, not that he's not up to the challenge. It's just it just goes back to like the lessening Paul George having to do everything on the floor. Like I, we need Bledsoe. We need somebody else to be able to step up. I'm sure that Batum will get some possessions say, we'll on see him. on him. Yeah, maybe we see an uh, an early run from from Terrence if if things aren't going well defensively there. 
Um, but yeah, it, it just can't be left to Paul George. Yeah, that's a good call. And what's this last one we got? Well, if we see him, the return of Patrick Beverly versus the struggling Clippers offense. I think he might start. That's my yes. thing, yeah. Well, depending on, yeah, I guess I don't fully know the severity of the calf thing. So I, sure. I honestly won't be surprised either way. But, <laughs> I mean, he's a player, Clips fans know and love, that he does play with a chip on his shoulder. Um, and he could really, with his defensive prowess, kind of make this team look uh, not very good. Yeah, that's a very good call. What's your what's your prediction for this game? Um, oh man, I I think that we can build off the momentum of the last game. I think that it's encouraging to see some shots fall for for some of the other guys. You know, Paul George, we know what he can do. I think the I think the Clippers pull out another nail biter. I mean, at this point, it feels like we're kind of ramping up to real blowouts. I agree on the nail biter part. So we get this win in Minnesota because we play them again like two days later. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking what you say Wednesday. Who's the new starter edition? But first, we talked about him up top. We got to give another shout out to McDonald's. Who? I bet you didn't know that McDonald's has been serving community since 1965. They made a whole movie about it. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where classmates can meet for a study group. Knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries if the machine is working. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say locked on Clippers watch party at the McDonald's on Sunset and Western? Let's do it! McDonald's, I'm loving it. Okay, so we're back with What You Say Wednesday. I uh, want to thank everybody who voted in this poll. It was very contentious. Yes. Basically, we wanted to know who you thought should get moved into the Clippers starting lineup. We didn't say specifically who you wanted out, but the sure. options for who could get moved up in the Clippers starting lineup, you had Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, or both. Charles, what did the people have to say? So this one, this one was insane. Um, 35.6% of people of the 550 or so votes we got Voted for Luke Kennard. 34.9% voted for Terrence Mann. And 29.5% voted for both. So, I mean, anything seems like it would make most of the majority of people happy. Um, it was funny. Kennard had the slight edge in terms of votes. But the comments were much more vocal for Terrence Mann to be in the starting lineup. And that kind of boiled down to the offensive issues of the second unit if both Terrence and Luke started, um, which I, I can kind of see. Um, e underscore S underscore C123 said, we would have exactly zero offense in the second unit if both of them start. Swap Terrence and Bledsoe, but I'm also not convinced Bledsoe's better than Winslow. Ooh. So that's, I don't know about that, but it's, it's just been interesting. Um, Clippers Isaiah said that Bled, Luke, and Hart would complement each other off the bench more than Reggie, Mann, and Hart. So kind of Luke's three is just way more important for all non-PG minutes. And I think I kind of agree with people here. I think I'd maybe want to see Terrence take Bledsoe's spot right now. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's definitely a valid uh, a valid argument. And I guess my thing for, for Mann over Kennard would also be that you should be getting Paul George some help on the defensive end, which, you know, I think... Bledsoe had two steals in the last game, but mm -hmm. overall the defense hasn't really been 
hasn't really been what I had hoped it would be from him. Yeah, for sure. It's not the game one defense we saw against the Warriors. Everything has been worse since that game one. Um, Gaspacho for all said, I think it's too early to give up on Reg starting. Looks like he's struggling with some confidence issues, and I don't think it would help. I think Is he? Is he struggling with some confidence issues? The man's taking some of the dumbest shots. (laughs) Like, he's doing some of the things that always, like, angered us about Reggie or, like, upset us about Reggie before he was, you know, he cemented his place in that playoff run into the Mm -hmm. starting lineup. Uh, So I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I think it might be because we saw that hug from PG and Reggie at the end of the Thunder game, and it looked like Reggie was legitimately, like, so relieved to have hit a shot. Paul George was, I mean, the hug was great. Andrew Gradford a great piece on it, actually, for the LA Times. I think he's struggling with that confidence. And I think Reggie's one of those guys, when he's struggling with his confidence, he just tries to do too much. And it's like, oh, shit, I'm not playing well. Like, I really got to, I got to shoehorn my way into this. Um, so, I don't know about that. Gaspacho Rall also adds that Bled and Luke seem like a decent backup backcourt. Like, I don't think it's not crazy to consider that Bled and Luke would be a pretty good unit against backup guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's interesting. Um, I do think, yeah, I, I do think the passing there is interesting. I, I think keep looking on, keep, <laughs> keep looking, keeping Luke <laughs> on the bench uh, probably is still the right move. It's a nice injection. You got a guy who's coming in, who's a dead eye shooter, who also hasn't been as bad on defense as I think maybe his reputation precedes him. Not like he's not an elite defender, but he's not as much of a black hole, maybe. Maybe it's a personnel issue. Um, but having that kind of injection is nice. And then Bled's energy, too. Yes, yeah, yeah. And him and Hart, I mean, you got a couple guys who can move the ball around well. Luke can also facilitate. I don't know who he's passing it to, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he can. <laughs> Very true. There, were a, I was kind of surprised that both had such a big vote in this poll because that's a major change oh yeah so that's not a change that we will see but look reggie has put his his has put his numbers up a couple times the efficiency has really not been there um so i do understand maybe wanting to see a shake up there my thing is is you know we do have to keep all this stuff in context it's still young in the season um we're down three key guys and so i guess that goes to like my one counter argument for like not taking Bledsoe out of the starting lineup, and I'm not saying that we should take if we have to take one out. I, it's I mean, got to be Bled. It, I think we. I think everyone agrees on that. It, it's, it's pretty clearly got to be him. But my only argument would be if we don't make a change to the starting lineup. I, sure. I think. I guess the thing that I'm looking at is, do we really think moving Bledsoe to the bench gives him any incentive to improve his play? Hmm. Which, I, I'm not saying that you should like reward guys no, because they'll have factor though, man, because they'll have like a bad attitude or whatever on the bench. But I mean, like we talked about this, you know, but he literally will have team. a bad attitude on the bench. I mean, he's been a starter in this league for a long time. And, you know, that doesn't guarantee you anything, especially on a team that's that's struggling and has, you know, set still pretty lofty goals for itself. But I don't know how long it'll take Ty to, to make a shakeup. I'm not saying that it's necessarily needs to happen right now, mm. but you gotta you gotta wonder if in the back of Ty's head, uh, he isn't thinking, you know, moving Bled to the bench is essentially killing any chance of improvement. I think that's a very valid point, actually. Um, maybe we give Bled kind of these like 
these like Gortat style minutes like that Gortat used to get where like he's not out there for a bunch of minutes or something. But I honestly hadn't even thought about the that aspect of it, of kind of bled wanting to be here. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I don't know, it's like I said, you shouldn't like reward a player, I guess, based on those types of things. But like it would effectively be punting on this player that, you know, we've given up assets for. Um, it, it just would be. I, I, I don't really see a big path to improvement for him on that second unit. Because it comes down to decision-making, too. If he's making bad decisions with the starters, then it's like if he got with the bench unit, it would just terrify me to see him maybe go even into more hero ball mode. And it's like, all right, I guess, but that's not helping anything. Yeah, and like maybe the shot profile gets even worse because in his mind, he's supposed to be putting up more shots. Exactly. There is also the issue of like taking a shooter out of that second lineup Mm-hmm. Uh, even if it is Terrence, who who has had his struggles from three this season, I you know I will definitely concede to that. But even taking like the theoretical space out of that unit when when we don't have Morris, so we can't rely on a Batum. Mm-hmm. You just have Canard. I I mean like there's just not really a whole lot of shooting unless you really want to see Hart taking more threes, which <laughs> I don't think I'm I, I don't think I'm in that camp yet. Yeah, no, not at all. I think I think the double the double shift is is not coming. There were people who suggested that we do that and also add Hartenstein into it, so effectively mixing up sixty uh, percent of the lineup. I, so, like, I understand the sentiment because Zoo <laughs> is Zoo is to me like he's looking unplayable right now. I mean, yeah, it hurts, but it, that's not far off. It's just the way that he looks. I mean, Bledsoe is looking pretty damn near unplayable and especially if it's a situation where like he's not going to be any more effective on the bench reggie to me look it, it hasn't been great um but you knew you had to have known in the back of your mind that there were going to be ups and downs like this this isn't a player that's new to this team sure we, we ride the reggie roller coaster you know and it, <laughs> it goes up and down so like it, you know it, it is what it is uh i, I don't think that reggie I think that Reggie could be, I don't know, man. It's hard for me because in my mind, I do see Reggie maybe being more effective on that second unit than Bledsoe would be just because of the spacing and the shooting. Um, But yeah. It's a conundrum. It is a conundrum. And it's, we kind of talked about this on the last episode. It's like, even when we're talking about these things like, you know, shaking up the lineup or like trying to find an alternative to, to soak up some of Zoo's minutes. With our injuries and the personnel that we have, we're just like we're really in between a rock and a hard place. There's there's not really a, everything is a butterfly effect, and our margins are already Good so call. narrow mm-hmm. that I I would understand Ty waiting a longer amount of time to to make a shakeup uh, to the starting lineup. Yeah, doesn't mean it's not needed, but doesn't mean it's not right. needed. Yeah, but. for sure. Um, shout out to everyone who voted. Uh, Ohio came out big for this to get Luke Kennard in the lead, but we'll see. I think the starter will probably end up being Terrence. Um, coming up, we're going to be talking the new basketball, which I genuinely kind of forgot they switched, and then Reggie's book club. But first, Will Protein Bars. What? Uh, so if you're looking for protein bars, you gotta check out Built Bar. Not only is Built Bar the best tasting protein bar on the market, but they also have so many delicious flavors. There's truly something for everyone. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry bar, sea, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange cookies and cream, and German chocolate. 
You want to know what my favorite flavor is? Double chocolate because one wasn't enough. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Get a load of these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams sugar, and only four to five grams net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today, and you can also get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Uh, go to built.com and use promo code locked on, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code locked on for 15% off at built.com. Now that we're full, we're jacked up on protein, it's going <laughs> to our head. How oh, yeah. can I spend my money wisely, intelligently, make some money? Well, if you want to make some money, head over to betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, borderline over. Uh, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on, just like the NBA. Put some put some ducats down on the Clippers. Shout out to Stu Quinn, who I hope placed his, his uh, Clippers win total over on BetOnline. Before the next pitch or tip off, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to the playoffs. Head to the website. Or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. That's all capital letters, one word, Locked On. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back with shavings. Yes. Um, lead, lead, lead us in, Chuck. What, what's going on? What's going on in the in, in the shavings universe? So yesterday's episode kind of ended with some rough shavings. We were down a down on Lou Will. Um, you know, it was a little rough talk to attendance. But this one we're talking, Reggie discussed his current literary interests after the game versus OKC, which is a good time. He's currently reading The Count of Monte Cristo. Said his favorite book is The Great Gatsby, which is interesting. Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. You know? <laughs> should Reggie start a book club for the team? E- I mean, why not? It sounds fun. I mean, I think it's a good way to... I mean, team building, the vibes are still immaculate, so that's not really an issue there. So that's good. but. Yeah, I think it'd be fun to get together, you know, have a have a couple glasses of white wine. Maybe half of you don't read the book. You're just there to hang like I had a I had a mom who was in a book club and I don't think they read a single book. <laughs> um, but I think it'd be a good vibe. I think it'd be funny, too, if Ty Lue was part of it and he didn't ever read the book and they made fun of him for it. If you were to recommend a book to Reggie Jackson, because right now he's really he's hitting the classics, we could say. If you walk into a Barnes and Noble, these two books are in the front of the classics. What do you what do you maybe suggest to Reggie Jackson to read? Um, so if he's sticking with the classics that, I mean, as a book club, they got to check out in cold blood. It's like, okay, the, it's, it's the original true crime. And like, however you feel about the genre as a whole now, still a great book, still one sure. of my favorites or, um, you know, maybe they should get weird with it. I don't know. Like some Thomas Pynchon, like the crying of lot 49 or gravity's rainbow or, uh, I'm going yeah, real weird. Like he that. needs, he needs to go one Q eight four. He needs to just launch Ooh, himself. Love it. Yeah. He needs to launch himself from the Great Gatsby uh, and Count of Monte Cristo to some very surreal, interesting, just, I mean, it's amazing writing, obviously, um, by Murakami, <laughs> but that would be, it would be great if you just rolled in after reading this to like just such a hard pivot uh, of 1Q84. Yeah. Uh, side note for the podcast Charles and I, not in a book club, uh, no. read this book on the bus. Yeah, together, uh, yeah, the the the, the bus to Torrance was very real from Echo Park. Um, shout out Reggie, uh, reading is always good. Everyone should read more. Um, and then kind of closing this out, 
I mentioned this kind of off top, but I completely missed that they switched the ball this year. Like there was so much other kind of random stuff going on. Um, but is it partly to blame for the shooting woes? The league shooting averages, field goal percentage lowest since 2004, three-point percentage lowest since 1999 to open the season. PG mentioned the Wilson ball isn't as soft as the Spalding and he can't get as good of touch from it. Does this seem fair? Every year that when they change the ball, it seems like a shit show. Okay, so I, I'm so glad that you brought this up because I actually, <laughs> I have two things on this. Um, a, of course. I guess people are talking about how like the balls aren't like worn in. Like it's a, it's like yeah. the texture. It's a like, new it's a, ball. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different. And it's kind of interesting because I feel like talk did die di- down about this, but in initial press conferences, uh, reporters were asking various players about it, especially players going through shooting struggles. And it seemed like there was a company line where every player was like, nope, it's the same ball. I can't really tell I the love difference. This ball. Yeah. And now <laughs> players are being like, well, actually, it is a little <laughs> bit different. Which here's here. So here's the thing. Of course it's different. Like if if you're yeah. used to shooting the same ball, you've been in this league, you know, 10 years, especially Clippers years. players who've all played like, yeah, like 12 years with the same ball for the most part. How could it not be different? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we all remember the last time the NBA, like when they had the crazy, like the composite ball change, cut all just those a people, nightmare. the coaches <laughs> fingers just, were getting cuts. It in was them. just a nightmare. <laughs> but um, I didn't like how it seemed like there was some blowback on Paul George from this. And the man is like, oh, so he brought He's this second up. in points per game. Second in points per game. He's having what, like damn near a 50, 40, 90 season yeah. so far. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that I think that maybe we can ease up on on him on this one. And look, as a Clippers fan, I'm very familiar with, you know, the the pipeline of Paul yeah, George's we're in the driving seat. Yeah. Uh, but um th- this is one where like I I I just don't see how it couldn't be different. Yeah. I I I couldn't agree more. It's like it, I mean other than like baseball decided to change the ball a bunch recently and that's had an effect. Like Don't they change it, it like every year? Isn't it always making tweaks? This would be like I mean it's like if you made like when they make a new puck in the NHL like that, that would be insane. Um, anyway, I hope they switch back to the Spalding ball. Why not? Hot take. Yeah. Why don't they just use some volleyballs? That'd be a good time. You know, you Old really volleyballs. Well, it's like, like in, dude, in soccer, I think it was the world cup and like I think the world cup in Germany used this insane ball that like no one really practiced with except this one guy, uh, Diego Forlan, who ended up scoring these absurd goals because he was like, yeah, it's a stupid ball, but I just practiced with it so I could get better. Um, shout out to Paul George for overcoming the, the travesty that is the new basketball. Um, that about wraps it up, I think, for Shavens, right? Definitely, definitely. I think it does. And, yeah, yeah, it does. Oh, I, 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 you know what? I could go on about this ball. <laughs> uh, I could go on about this ball for, for a while longer, but let's, let's go ahead and cut it off there. Let's, let's get out of here before we say something that gets us fined by the NBA. Uh, Thursday's episode. Recap of the hopeful victory over the Wolves. Just a reminder, I believe that game is at 5 Pacific. So just heads up. Uh, Thirsty Thursday, talking about what we want to see more of. And of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland. Will, if someone stopped you on the street and said, you look like the kind of guy who hosts a Clippers podcast, where the hell can I listen to it? What would you say? First of all, ouch. Uh, (laughs) uh, I could work in any number of mediums. Uh, Secondly, though. Thanks for your interest. You can check me out on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Amazon Music, New Balance Pods, which yes. um, 
we didn't get Kawhi's uh, like sign of approval yet, so it's you won't find it advertised. Is I'm Dude, just we gotta gonna try say and get that. on Culture Jam's pods. Also, I'm, shout I'm, out the Culture Jam account that is definitely run by Kawhi. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to help the show out, though, you could leave a rating or review uh, over on iTunes or the podcast app, regardless of where you listen. Five stars definitely helps us out. It absolutely does. Hey, five days a week, make us your first lesson. Kill some windshield time. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you.